It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Smith rifles that one to Mims. And that's a foot race. He's going to win. Touchdown, Baylor. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Five straight games, Anthony, where he's got a touchdown catch of over 20. That's to the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder, 85 yards. There was contact with the quarterback, and it's incomplete. They got pressure on Prescott. It was Adams who came blitzing in. He'll hit immediately. He got the handoff, and it's the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at Play Like a Jet. One, and it is part two of our discussion with Connie Carberg, the legendary former Jet scout, the first female scout in NFL history. Yesterday, she started sharing her memories of the 55 years in a row that she's been at New York Jets training camp. So we're going to continue that discussion today. Connie, we hit on a bunch of subjects yesterday, but were there any particular eras that were better for fan involvement? We know that Rex Ryan used to love to get fans involved, even at training camp. Any in particular that stick out to you? Um, I, well, at Hofstra, yeah, because everybody could come and go. It was, very, as I said, very, very open. You know, people come and go. You, you were right next to the fields. Um, the players were very easy to sign. There wasn't, there were no, the only had, you had Harry, the security guard, one guy, <laughs> and uh, that was it. And everybody knew, you know, Harry. And, but other than that, it was, and the players would walk over from Weeby Bank Hall over to the Hofstra place to eat lunch and they would ride their bikes or walk. And, you know, so it was very easy for people to see them. So it was, it, it was just very personal. And I kind of miss that part for, for fans. I, I always love part for fans that fans get to see and talk to the players and feel that. And I, I miss that. We used to have a thing um, when I would be at the front desk and I would get a phone call and a fan would say, Oh, I, I'm a big fan of David Knight, who was not like a first string wide receiver, but he was really cute and all the girls loved him. <laughs> and, they, and she would say, I'm, I'm such a fan of David Knight. And so I would say, I would get up and I would go back through the double doors and I would say, girl back. That was like my nickname that Pepper Burris, the trainer gave me. And I'd say, girl back. And I would go back to the locker room and I would say, David, um, when you get done, would you come up front? And I have a fan that really wants to talk to you. And so he said, sure. And so he would come up front um, and he would sit right next to my desk there and he would talk to the fan you know, and the person would be so excited to get to talk, actually talk to a player on the phone. But it was that's that's how, uh, you know, casual and the way things, you know, were back then. It was just um, amazing and, and how different it was. So those that's that's why the other thing was with Pete Carroll, uh, the way Pete Carroll, as I said, it was very relaxed, just like, I guess, how he was at USC. So it's just the way he is. It's not. Um, put on and it wasn't just a one-time thing wherever Pete Carroll is that's just his personality when Rob Carpenter was on the show I asked him a little bit about Pete Carroll and I said are you surprised that Pete Carroll has had this level of success and is he any different now than he was when he was the defensive coordinator when you were around the team and he said no Pete's always been the same guy so it seems like you're saying the same thing right 
Yes. Yeah. Pete, Pete is Pete. And that's what I like about, you know, there's so many different ways to be a coach. And as long as you're you, it's like, I think that's what it is, is if um, players can see through people that are phony and whether you're strict, whether you're tough, whether you're easygoing, whether you're funny, whether you're not funny, whatever it may be, um, they players are very sharp that way and they respond to the, to a real person. And as I said, that's what, that's what Pete was. Pete is Pete. And um, I said, I think that's, that's the way, that's the way he came across. That's what Walt was. Um, That's what part, you know, that's what Parcells is. Um, There's, it's just certain people. And, and if somebody tries to copy them, like a lot of people, it looks like they try to copy Belichick and, and his personality. And if you try to do that and it's not you, um, it just doesn't come across. It doesn't work with players. I've always wanted to ask you this, Connie, and I'm kind of surprised that I never texted you about this. But since I have you on the podcast and we're talking about training camp, I might as well throw it out to you now. I was curious what it was like to be around training camp the year that the hard knocks cameras were there in 2010. I would imagine that somebody like Woody Hayes or Walt Michaels would never, ever have allowed cameras in there. Rex Ryan seemed to really love it, and so did Mike Tannenbaum. Tell me a little bit about what that experience was like. Yeah, that was amazing. And I agree with you. I don't, yeah, I mean, maybe we, maybe we would both be wrong. I don't know, but (laughs) I, I, um, as far as the other people not wanting to do it as much, but yeah, definitely Rex loved it. And it was really neat. I thought, um, we were in this hotel. I stayed at the same hotel where they were, the um, NFL films was staying and then they had it all hooked up. And it was so neat though. After you were there, after they had it set up, it was almost that you forgot that they were there they were just uh, they did a they do a beautiful job nfl films does an amazing job anyway but they have it all hooked set up and it's almost like you don't know that they're there and they just did so many amazing things they come down and um and it, it was that was probably one of the greatest ones i think i still think that i love watching that one every time that is such a, a great I'm, I'm looking forward to this year i think they're doing the the two um what San Diego and uh, and the Rams together? Not San Diego. I'm sorry. L A. L A. and the two L A. teams together. So I'm looking forward to that. Connie, over 55 years, you have met so many fans, and I know that Alan Schechter, who was producer on this show and who unfortunately we lost last year. Really enjoyed meeting you at training camp. He said it was one of the highlights of camp for him and for his nephew as well. He went on and on about how nice you were to him and what a treat it was to talk to you. But so many fans have said that about meeting you in person at training camp. Tell me a little bit about some of the more pleasurable experiences that you've had talking to fans and anything stick out in particular, any fun memories with the fans? You know, I just... as I said, I, I do. I love, I love meeting. I do. I love meeting fans. I love talking to everybody. I know how blessed I've been with my life with the Jets, and you know what I've what I've gotten to know through the years, and through all the different people that I've met, and the scouts, and the coaches, and general managers, and players. And what I love to be able to do, if I can, is is, is share it, if, and with other people. If if there's a player coming over, and I can bring them over to somebody, or if I can, in some way have them have part of that experience with me that that gives me the greatest joy I used to um I used to be a swim coach down there was a yacht club down the street from me growing up and and so if the the players came if the players came down to my house 
because uh, my dad was examining some of them and they were, I was coaching the swim team. If they were well-behaved, my mom would call and say, okay, there's a Namath or some of the players are here at the house. And so then we would all come back and they would all line the, the driveway. And so when the, if they all were good at practice and then the players uh, would come out and talk with them all. I tried to, you know, and so I always try to, and I, I took, I always loved taking people to jet camp uh, wherever I could. Um, you know, and I've met, I can't tell you how many people that I've just met over like at the hotel um, right across the street from Atlantic health. Um, my friend Donna, um, she was just standing outside one day and she just said my name and we just started talking and we've become really close friends since there. Um, Ira from Staten Island. I mean, I've been just so many different people say, oh, you know, you know, I'm, I'm Robert from Twitter. I'm so-and-so from Twitter. Um, it's just, the, it is the greatest, um, it's just the greatest thing in the world. I, I, I love it. As I said so much, I never get tired of talking about it. And Jeff fans are such a loyal bunch, um, such a great bunch of people. And I, you know, I, I want them so badly to, you know, get to get the feeling of that Super Bowl like I had <laughs> and, and just to um, enjoy every moment. And if I can share it or help them in some way feel, feel it, I, I, that's what I want to do. It's funny, Connie, because no matter who I talk to about you, whether it's a fan or a member of the media or a player, anytime I bring your name up, all I get is Connie is the best. I get nothing but nice things said about you. Uh oh. It's really amazing because I'm not surprised since I know you and I know how awesome you are, but universally, you are beloved by everybody. How does that make you feel? It blows me away. It really. You know, it really does. People are um, are really amazing. As I said, people it really does. I I know how lucky. As I, said, I always know, I know that my whole life that I am blessed. And I, as I said, that's why I just want to share it. Uh, I really do. I really do. And people are, are. There's so many great people out there. And as I said, I have more fun with all the writers and the beat writers. All you know, and all the different people on Twitter, as I said, that, that I follow, and so many different people. Um, I've met so many great ones. Um, and then w- whenever we're at practices, just talking to different people, meeting so many, um, just so many interesting things. It, it's been, uh, I can't tell you, one time I was, um, I was out at Hofstra, and I was wearing green and white, um, of course. And, but I was out there, and... I was, they were jets were scrimmaging against the Eagles and we were, we had like an inter squad thing at Hofstra. They used to, they would do that there. And so I was out there. And so I was just talking to all the fans and they were asking me who so-and-so was, who so-and-so was good. In those days they didn't have, you know, sheets with the numbers and the names or anything like that. So I was telling the people who the person was, where they went to school, which players they should watch, blah, blah, blah. And so apparently um, somebody from the Philadelphia Eagles walked over uh, to Mike Kensel, who was the director of operations, and said, wow, that's really neat that you have a stands hostess. And so Mike Kensel said, what? <laughs> and he said, yeah, it's really, it's really nice that you guys are so smart that you guys have a stands hostess that's explaining to all, all the people who everybody is. And he goes, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. And then he pointed out, and he said, no, no, that's just that's just Connie. <laughs> and so he said, I never, I said, so they always used to tease me about being a stands hostess. <laughs> so I just said, I love it. 
and you know that's that was part of the reason why um, why I wrote the book and had the book written was just to be able to share positive my positive experiences as, as you know there's so much negativity going on right now we're all going through a pandemic there's so many different things going on that are negative that I don't know about I don't know about you but I know myself I'm always looking for stuff that can either put a smile or some joy or some laughter. And that's what I'm hoping that the, the book did and is a positive view because there's enough negativity out there. I know how much you love football, and that's what puts a smile on your face because I remember when you were recovering from surgery and I was checking in on you, seeing how you were doing, and you said, oh, I'm okay. I've got my feet up, and I've got seven TVs on right now, and I'm watching all the different college football games. So for people that don't understand how much you love football, that should give them an idea. By the way, Kensel should have told that guy from the Eagles, that's no Stan's hostess. That's Mama Jet. <laughs> that's why I wasn't, why I wasn't, I wasn't mom. I wasn't old enough at that time to be mama jet thank goodness I was still... <laughs> now i love being mama jess <laughs> so but it is it's great it's as i said there have been so many you know so so many interesting interesting people too and and so many players as i said through the years whether it's chad pennington another guy chad pennington probably one of the classiest people you could ever meet and he would take a lot of players come over to the vip section right because they they know that those people there are sponsors or whatever. Chad Pennington always went over to the other side uh, at Hofstra and spent 45 minutes after every practice to make sure he signed over to every, every person on the other side. I always, the way he did, he always took time to do that kind of stuff. He always would sign, um, never, never too busy for anybody. Um, Wesley Walker, another one. I mean, I, I said, there's just so many, there's so many different people. I hate to even, even leave anybody out. There's just so many great people, um, to, you know, through the years. That it's, it's really um, Victor Green. I, I just, I can't tell you. There's just a, an amazing group. Amazing. Of course, my Mark Astino, mm-hmm. you know, my Klecko, my Abdul Salam, and my, <laughs> you know, Mark Lyons. Zach Exchange, they don't come any better than that. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME.
Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Connie, I want you to put your scout's hat on for a second because over the years, you've seen so many different players come and go, but a lot of them have been guys that nobody knew or nobody expected to catch on. And I know that you pay close attention. You take notes because every time when you go to the senior bowl, you'll text me and tell me about some of the guys that you saw that you really liked. And then when you're watching tape or even when you're watching during the season, you'll be telling me about certain players that you like for the Jets. Throughout camp over the years, who are some of the players that surprised you that you came in maybe not knowing a lot about and you watched Watched him play in camp and said, wow, that guy is better than I thought. He might be something. There's so many players. And now the last 10 years, it's a lot harder to do because they don't do the same kind of hitting. You know, it's like I kind of look at the opposite way. You know, like like a say Chad Cascadden, right? Mm-hmm. Chad Cascadden came in and he wasn't drafted. And I watched him on special teams. In practices, in those two, that uh, during that time, you really hit um, in, in practices and on special teams. And I said, "Oh my gosh, who this guy? This guy can make the team." And then I watched him, even playing linebacker, but just watching him. And I, I went up to him and I said, uh, uh, "I'm picking you out. You got to make the team." And you know, we always joke about it to this day. He said, "You know, stuff because I really liked him. I didn't know anything much about him because he said he hadn't been drafted or anything." But that's I used to be able to do that a lot more. Now, I have a much harder time, to be honest with you, only because the practices, you're not really allowed to hit, take them to the ground the way that you do. Special teams are kind of hitting, you know, the blocking dummies. That stuff is not quite the same um, as it used to be. So that's where, as I said, it took the last 10 years. So I have to go back further and really and really think about different guys that were um, – like real surprises to me, you know, usually the free agents are the surprises um, more than the, you, you get more disappointments with the draft picks. Certainly your old friend Bruce Harper would have been one of the surprises, right? Oh, definitely. As I say, free, most of the free agents, like, you know, Wayne, like of course Wayne Corbett and, and Brucey Harper, Clark Gaines, Clark Gaines was another one, you know, back, back when I was there. Um, he had this, he wasn't super fast in the forty, but what a fast first step he had! Quickest first step I ever saw, and, and just watching him. But then there were other guys, you know, and I don't want to say who I was disappointed in, <laughs> but there were guys that you thought were going to be really decent players that that higher draft picks that didn't pan out. You know, the Jets have had quite a few of those, <laughs> and that's where you get really disappointed. 
Have there been any players that really stood out to you as special? Obviously, there are guys with reputations, but sometimes there are players that until you see them up close, you just don't realize how good they really are. Ray Mickens told this story when he came on the show to talk about 1998. He said that he didn't understand at first why the Jets went out and paid all this money to Curtis Martin. And why they let Adrian Morrell go because he thought Adrian Morrell was really good and he didn't think Curtis Martin was any kind of upgrade over Morrell. But he said as soon as he started practicing with Curtis Martin, he knew right away, oh my God, this guy is just different. Have there been any guys over the years that have stood out to you like that while you've watched him at training camp? Well, I could mostly go over offensive linemen. If I go over Joe Fields at center, I mean, you saw a lot of these young offensive linemen that came in that were, you know, Joe Fields was a 14th round draft pick and you just saw him never thought he was going to turn out to be the way he is a lot of a lot of offensive linemen that were like you know lower picks and and turned into something of course john schmidt way back when he came in from hofstra you know he was not muscular defined at all and back in those days guys didn't lift weights the way they do now they thought it was going to make you slower and bulk too bulky and how he made himself into a center. So mostly I would say it's mostly offensive linemen that are so surprising. I will say, you know, the, the player, though, just watching him um, was, was uh, Brandon Marshall is the most amazing person to see up close. He's so big and so physical and fast. When you see him up close, you don't realize how big he is until you see him close. That one really surprised me when I saw him up close. Speaking of Marshall, his training camp battle with Darrell Revis back in 2015 has become the stuff of legend. Those two guys used to go at it like cats and dogs every day, and there have been a bunch of those over the years. Do you remember any of those kind of battles where it just stuck out to you watching two guys like Revis and Marshall really go at it day to day? Usually Gastineau and Marvin Powell and just going at it all the time. You know, (laughs) just very physical, not dirty, but they just had the best... They were just two two all pros going one-on-one. You couldn't get much better than that. Like, that was unbelievable. So, Connie, I know that every year you look forward to going to training camp. It's something that we talk about all the time and how you get all geared up to make the flight out from Florida to come to New Jersey for training camp. And over the years, it's been to different places like Hofstra and Cortland, like you said. But this year, unfortunately, the streak ends Tell me a little bit about what it's meant to you over the years to be able to go to camp every year and what it's like for you to not be able to go this year. It's been unbelievable. It's been the most amazing thing to be able to go every year. And it was one thing to be able to go as a young girl, first of all, as a teenager with my mom and dad, and then through the years and then out at Hofstra, then working for the team. But then after I didn't go, to be able to still be able to go to, uh, to practices and be on the inside pretty much, you know, with my friend Kathy after my dad had retired um, in, in the 90s. And then after that, when they moved, I didn't know what was going to happen when they moved to, say, to New Jersey and then either went to Cortland or um, back to Atlantic Health. Uh, but they were unbelievable. Uh, Clay Hampton was um, I grew up with Bill Hampton was the equipment manager and his whole family. And Clay was uh, amazing to me, his son. And they took, again, they treated me like family to let me in there. And um, then also, um, as I said, everybody, whether it was the coaches and whether it was 
the owners and now general and now general managers um you know with with joe douglas he was he's been unbelievable to me um you know and last summer he and chris johnson um they were amazing they had me come in and and, and talk to the um pro person to the pro personnel and college scouts you know about my my scout about my scouting and showing the nfl films so it was just unbelievable the way they treated me there um and um, my good friend Jackie, who's an assistant to the head coach that I've known for a few years, and I said they all treat me as though I am part of the family, and I can't thank them enough for what they've done. And so as a result, as I said, um, the fact that I can't go up this year, I know I'll be going back up again next year, and I'll just be rooting here hard as I can, following everything that they're going to be doing. Um, I'll be reading Twitter, I'll be you know, reading everything that they put on their website and all that kind of stuff. But as I said, I am at my age and after all these years to be a part of the Jet team still and family, uh, it's just been a real honor. Connie, I know you have to run, so one last question for you. What do you yeah. think about the upcoming season? Boy, that's a tough question. This is going to be interesting. <laughs> Will they get it in? Will they? Is What's going to really happen? I don't know. It's going to... If they are able to get it in, it's going to be the most fascinating season because you've got all these different quarterbacks that switched and changed and so many teams that are going to be so interesting. And if our Sam Darnold, who I dearly love and I loved him at USC, um, if he's if he can move, you know, just keep move, moving those feet and, and rolling out and just let him play with the, the looseness that he can do. I just, I know he could be great. Um, and if our offensive line is improved, I just, I'm, I'm really excited about that. I can't wait to see what, I think we need probably one more year, one more draft by Joe Douglas and his scouts and Rex Hogan. And I think that's going to be, you know, going to make us really solidified, but I'm really just excited. I'm, I'm praying really hard that we, that all everybody stays healthy. And um, we get through this, because I think, you know, we, we all love our football so much. Um, but And if we do, I think it's going to be, uh, as I said, a very, very exciting year. Fingers crossed. I think all Jets fans could use a little excitement right about now. One of my favorite people on earth to talk to, Mama Jet herself, Connie Carberg. Thank you so much for coming on. Always appreciate talking to you. I'm so glad we were able to do this. Like I said, I wish you could be here in person, but the next best thing is to get you on so you could tell some of your famous training camp stories. Before you run, tell everybody a little bit about your book and about that feature that was done on you by NFL Films for anybody that might have missed that feature or hasn't had a chance to read your book yet. Okay, well, my uh, book is called um, X's and O's Don't Mean I Love You. Uh, it's written by Elizabeth Meineke. It's on Amazon. It's in, in you know in, um, paperback. It's on Kindle form also. Um, you can go to either Connie Scouts on Facebook, Connie Scouts on Twitter, um, and regular Connie Scouts website. Uh, and the thing with the NFL films, uh, they came out, as I said, they did a piece on me. Uh, it's about 10 minutes long. It's on YouTube. It's um, also NFL films. It's called Forever a Jet Memories. And it just tells my, it tells my whole story. And they did an, an amazing job on it. It's also pinned on my Twitter. It's the very first thing on my Twitter page. 
Both are absolutely essential. So if you haven't read Connie's book yet, X's and O's Don't Mean I Love You, order it from Amazon or wherever it is you get your books. And if you haven't seen the video yet, you can find it on YouTube. It's called Forever Jet. Or as Connie said, you can go to at Connie Scouts on Twitter, follow Connie, and it's her pinned tweet there. So make sure that you watch that video and read the book if you haven't done so yet. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes, if you could do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. It doesn't take you much time. It doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and turnonthejets.com.